Hi, you're listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and with me is my brother Blair. How are you doing, Blair? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm doing good. You got a full week of a new baby under your belt? How's that going? Uh, it's, it's going. It's, uh... It's a lot of work, not very much sleep, um, but it's uh, very rewarding. I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, it's uh, the first month or two is probably the worst as far as sleep goes. Um, but yeah, it, it, so it'll get better. Oh, good. And then it'll get really good for a while, and you'll think it's great, and then they'll uh, randomly start wanting to only sleep in your bed and cry at bedtime. Because they know better. <laughs> so uh, I'll have no. that to look forward to. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like I was uh, more serious than it needed to be. I love my kids very much. I love my daughter too. Just at this stage, all she does is sleep, poop, eat, spit up, and then go back to sleep pretty much. Yeah. Well, she's, uh, some of the pictures I've seen, she's got a good smile going. Yeah, I read that's, um, when they're smiles because they're, like, trying to pass gas or poop. That's likely, I think. Yeah, so, cute on the outside, but, uh... Stinky on the inside. Yeah. All right, well, we are in episode 32 today, and uh, we're going to do kind of a part two to the first-time gun owners that we talked about last week. There's a lot more information that we decided was worth talking about. Uh, but first, let's get into uh, kind of the shooting in New, in New Mexico, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, this is uh, instructive for a new gun owner, a new gun owner to think about. Um, just because you have a gun doesn't mean you should go around picking fights or you know, putting yourself in, in bad situations. There's a, a pretty simple rule that a lot of um, gun trainers and stuff will say. They'll say, don't go to stupid places with stupid people and do stupid things. You know, and if you have a gun, you have a, a um, you should be held to a higher standard, I guess, for your behavior. Yeah. And so if you haven't seen this video, uh, I think, so it was at a, at a protest of some kind. Uh, and this guy who is concealed carrying his weapon, um, from the video that mainly circulated around, uh, you just see him getting attacked and by multiple people. I think a guy brings is trying to hit him with a skateboard at one point. He yeah, pulls another guy out. has a knife too. If you if you slow it down, one guy's got a knife out and is threatening oh. him with a knife. So I I didn't even see that part or I didn't notice that. Uh, but yeah, he pulls his gun. I think he takes three shots uh, at the guy. And my first reaction was that, yeah, that was awesome. Like he did a great, did a great job. Uh, but I guess there's more to the story that I didn't realize. Yeah. There's, there's footage of him just like a few minutes earlier, kind of like antagonizing people. He's, he, he grabs a, a female and like throws her on the ground. I mean, he's obviously there to kind of be a counter protest and to try and provoke people. 
Um, and that's, that's not something you can do as a, as a gun owner or as a, if you want to be justified in self-defense, you know, you, you can't put yourself in a situation where you're going to provoke people. Um, you know, don't go getting in bar fights, stuff like that. Um, don't go to violent protests and, and be violent. You know, I think, I mean, this guy was justified in, in defending himself, but um, I think he's probably going to get some kind of charge for going there and, and um, kind of provoking it. Yeah. It seems pretty messed up if that's the case, you know, if hopefully we, hopefully there's justice that gets served, I guess. But yeah, if he's physically attacking other people just to, so they'll, they'll attack him just so he can pull his gun out and shoot him. That's yeah, pretty messed up. Yeah. I feel like a, a terrible cop right now. Cause I can't think of the exact like charge he would get, but um, there is a charge um, that he's going to be charged with. And I just, I can't think of it right th- at this moment. Yeah. Cause I had heard he got charged and all I had seen was the video of him getting attacked. And I thought, man, what's wrong with people? You know, what's wrong with, the justice system if he's getting charged for this obvious self-defense but yeah there's always more to the story and you can't just another reason you can't always believe what you see in the media either right speaking of did you see that uh, video that donald trump the ad that he put out with the toddlers yeah <laughs> it was pretty uh i'm not a big trump fan but it was pretty funny uh the way he portrayed it and he's getting all kinds of hate because they say, Oh, it's a doctored video. It was, it was obviously satire in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you have to be a, a Trump fan to realize the media is, you know, adversarial toward him and he's adver- adversarial toward them. And um, I don't think you have to like the media if you don't like Donald Trump or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to the, the shooting. Yeah. Just be responsible as a gun owner. Don't, be looking for fights It just you never know what you know someone else could have had a gun at that time too and could have really gotten yourself in trouble yeah and hopefully if you're you're planning on uh carrying concealed you'll take a good concealed carry class and the instructor should go over stuff like that you know he'll go over he or she will go over um when you're authorized to use deadly force um and just all these kinds of issues you know, they'll go over in, in that class. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, last week we talked about like, what did we talk about last week? So we talked a lot just about what kinds of guns to buy, uh, or what your opinion on first time gun guns should be. Oh, that's um, right. Kind of, yeah. kind of narrowed it down that, uh, pistol, if you only have one gun that, you know, you might not be able to buy a second gun uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, that that one gun you would recommend is probably a pistol of some kind because you can conceal it, because you can defend your home with it, um, and just the versatility of it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, well, we didn't really talk about as as like budgeting. Um, we, I mean, we did kind of speak about the hypothetical is that you're, you're buying your first gun and you may not be able to buy another one for a while. So, um, 
you know, assuming you're on a budget, you need to think about not only the price of the gun, but the price of some other stuff you're going to need to go along with it. Yeah. What would be a first priority? Obviously, ammo is probably the first priority. Yeah. So you'll need some, uh, not only practice ammo, but defensive ammo, which we talked a little bit about last week about hollow points and uh, the good brands are um, Spear Gold Dot and uh, Federal HST. Yeah. How much defensive ammo do you think should be a priority? Well, get enough to fill up two or three magazines, I would say. So if you've got, if your magazine holds 10 rounds, you know, I'd get uh, probably 25, 30. There's there's usually 20 or 25 in a box. Um, So you'd need 25 or 30 to fill up those magazines. Plus you're going to want to run like a full box of ammo through your gun just to make sure it feeds it. It doesn't jam or anything using that, that ammo. Yeah. So budget for that. And that's not cheap. Um, those rounds are usually 25 or so dollars for a box of ammo. Um, also magazines, you're going to want your, your gun probably will come with two magazines, but you're going to want more than that. How many Um, do you think, you should should you buy two or three more? I would say you should have a bare bare minimum of four, because you're going to want to keep two loaded all the time, and then you're gonna you're gonna want to have two empty ones to keep for dry fire practice. Okay. Yeah, we we talked about dry fire practice, and um, you want to do that pretty regularly. And if you have to, you know, unload all your rounds from the magazine every time you do it, it's going to be a pain, and you're probably not going to end up doing it. So keep a couple of empty magazines, you know, in your room or wherever, wherever you do your dry fire. Um, And then you can also have them just go into the range. You'll spend less time filling up magazines at the range if you have more. Yeah, that makes sense. So four magazines, at least two boxes of defensive ammo. Yeah, I would say, as much uh, practice ammo as you can store, you know, as much as you can, you can afford. Right. Cause right now it's hard to find nine millimeter practice ammo. And if you do find it, it's, you know, it's uh, really expensive. Yeah. I haven't looked too recently. I, I feel pretty good about my nine millimeter and my 22 stockpile. Of course it could always be better, but. Good. That's, that's good. You probably have, I'm not feeling too good about my nine millimeter stockpile. <laughs> I have well, uh, we'll meet up uh, stockpile enough before this sure you, whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure you have plenty of uh, five five six that I'm not uh, stocked up on. So uh, we'll just meet up and we'll share when uh, it all goes down. Dude, that is a plan. So what else is uh, a necessity? Obviously, in order to use the versatility of a pistol. Um, part of that is to carry it outside of your home uh, and you'd need something to do that with. So what type of holsters would you recommend? Or do you think is, do they come with, does a gun pistol usually come with a holster when you buy it brand new? I actually haven't bought a brand new pistol. Some of them do, um, but they're probably not very good. I mean, they're, they're going for a price point. So they're trying to just include the cheapest one they can. Um, don't plan on buying a cheap one 
you know, from the sporting goods store for like $20. It's, it's probably not going to be something that's going to be concealed very well. It's probably not going to be comfortable and it's probably not going to retain the firearm safely. So you need a holster that's, that's going to hold your firearm retained so it doesn't, you know, fall out as you're, if you're like jogging or if you, um, I don't know if you trip and fall, you don't want your gun to like come flying out of the holster and sliding across the floor at Walmart or whatever. Yeah. So holsters don't cheap out. Um, I'd say at least 50, $60 is the range you're going to start looking at for a good holster. Okay. Is then, there, Oh, go ahead. You, then you might, you might even buy a holster and realize that's not the kind of holster that you want, you know, that, because every every person's body is different. Um, I like to carry on my strong side outside the waistband, so it's just like a belt holster. And then I'll wear like a button-down shirt that conceals that pretty well. But a lot of people find that it's easier for them to conceal inside the waistband, um, like up front toward the front of their body, which is called appendix carry. Yeah. Um, and then there's other people that like to, to conceal in, in other places as well. So you might end up buying two or three holsters, you know, before you find one that's comfortable and that you can conceal without anyone seeing it. Yeah. Keep those receipts. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh that's important to be comfortable with where it's at, you know, be familiar with drawing it from its, holster or from where you have it. And that's all part of the process. Cause you'll, you need to be in a routine and have that muscle memory for when something that could happen, uh, around you, you know, something that is the reason you're carrying the gun happens. Yeah. Good point. Um, if you're going to carry a second magazine, um, to have some extra ammo or, you know, for, if your gun malfunctions, um, you might want to have a magazine carrier, like a way to carry that extra magazine. So think about that. Is that just a like a belt holster for your magazine? Is that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or there's something really cool that was just came out recently called the Neo Mag, and it's like this, um, it's like a pocket clip for your magazine that is held on with magnets. So you just draw the magazine from your pocket, like, like a pocket knife or something. And then the, the magnet um, comes off and the clip comes off. So that's a pretty cool idea. I've never used it, but it looks cool. Yeah. I'd like to look into that. Um, so, yeah. So when you, you know, you might say, say, Oh, I can afford, you know, a $500 pistol. Well, on top of that, you got to think about, you know, $60 for a holster at least. Um, probably $50 for some carry ammo, um, a belt. You might realize that you need a completely different belt. If you wear a, like a thin leather belt, it's not going to hold up your gun very well. So your gun's going to be sagging down, maybe even tilting out. So it's, um, you know, creating a bulge that people can see in your clothing. Um, so you need to have a sturdy belt as well. Yeah. Wow. I, I honestly haven't even, I've never thought of that. Uh, a lot of the times I use belts that are like cloth and have like the double ring type buckle. 
Um, you know what I'm talking you about? Just, you just keep the belt that comes with like the cargo shorts you bought at Target, right? <laughs> uh, I plead the fifth. Uh, but uh, that's some of the belts that I have. And uh, I guess I'm also uh, admitting that I don't carry my uh, gun very often. So I have not... Uh, I've not even thought about having a sturdy belt or a stiff belt. That's that makes a lot of sense, honestly, because those things loosen up just from walking around too much, or you know, if you had to take a little jog or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look at. Um, I don't want to ne- want to necessarily recommend a brand of a belt, um, and they can get really expensive too. But you know, I'll just I'll just go ahead and recommend a brand that I like. That's uh, about a thirty dollar belt, and it's called. Um, the company's called Mastermind Tactics, and it's a very simple belt. It just has um, like a, a double loop that you loop your belt through and then some Velcro to secure the, the tag end. And it's nice and stiff, simple. It's not bulky. I really like it. So um, check out Mastermind Tactics, and um, they're not a sponsor, but I really dig this belt. And Mastermind, if you want to be a, spon- a sponsor, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, Mastermind Tactics. I've, I've bought two of your belts. I like them. And uh, sponsor us, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's really it's interesting to think about things that you've never thought about and how much sense it makes, but how much you might not ever think about it if someone else doesn't bring it up to you. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, right? That's right. Seems like we've talked about that before. So how often should, um, should you clean your gun and do you get any cleaning supplies when you buy a new pistol? I believe some pistols will come with like a cleaning brush, but it's not, it's not really, um, not, not, not an extensive cleaning kit. No. So you're going to need some gun oil, maybe like an old toothbrush, um, and then an actual bore brush that fits the diameter of your barrel. That way you can just scrub out the, the carbon and the, the copper out of the barrel. Um, check YouTube for tutorials on how to disassemble your pistol and clean it. Um, pretty simple, really. It, pistols don't require a ton of maintenance. It's not, they don't require as much cleaning as like an AR-15 or, or something like that. They're, they're, um, I don't know, pretty simple to clean and maintain. Yeah. That's good to think about. How how often should you clean your gun? Do you have a recommendation? I think we've talked about this before. but um, For a pistol, if you carry it often, I'd wipe it down every couple days just because you, you're going to get sweat on it. Um, other than that, like really just you no... Know, Keep, make sure it's like it doesn't have dust and lint in it and stuff like that. But the actual like really good cleaning, maybe two or three times a year. Okay. But you know you want to make sure there's not lint or dust in anything that's going to like interfere with the um, the operation of the gun. All right. All right. Um, well- let's talk about a little bit more about like different ways to carry your gun. We talked about like belt holsters inside the waistband and outside the waistband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to carry a lot of times when I'm working out or if I'm just running out to walk the dog, 
I like to carry in a fanny pack or a sling bag. Um, and that's just really convenient. I don't have to, if I'm like lounging around the house in gym shorts and I decide to go walk the dog or run to the, you know, the gas station or drive through or something. Um, it's really easy just to throw my gun in a fanny pack and then, uh, go out the door with that. And you like not, I, what's that? No, go ahead. It's not ideal. You know, it's not as easy to draw from. It's not as fast. So you kind of have to look at your, you know, your threat assessment, your area, decide if, if that's something you're willing to give up for convenience, um, giving up that draw speed and, um, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. What I was going to ask is if you wear your prefer to wear your fanny pack in front or uh, behind. More to the side, kind of like <laughs> over my kind of on the left left side. So it's kind of like a cross draw. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And that's something you're going to want to practice a lot, a lot too as well. And you might want to consider getting a um, something to cover the trigger guard. So a lot of the fanny packs that are specifically made for gun carrying, they'll have like a Velcro field on the inside and then you can have a Velcro. I wouldn't really call it a holster. It's like a Velcro trigger guard. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen those. Yeah. It'll just keep you from accidentally pulling that trigger as you're going to grab the gun. And then there are some, a lot of Kydex gun makers. Kydex is like a plastic molded plastic they'll make just a trigger guard holster that is really just covers the trigger. And then you can like tie it off to something in the bag. So when you pull the gun out, the trigger guard stays in the bag. It doesn't come out with the gun. Yeah. That sounds like it would work perfect. Yeah. So that, again, this is, this is kind of like a trial and error thing. Um, you'll find different stuff that works together. Yeah. That's why you practice. Yeah. Another way a lot of people like to carry is uh, in a belly band. Have you ever heard of that? I've not. I can guess that it's a band that uh, does it go around your belly? Your powers of observation are astute. Yes. Ah, oh, thanks. The powers of deduction. Um, Score. They're, they can be really really concealable especially like in the summer um i haven't really found one that's really ideal to draw from like a lot of the ones you'll see they'll have a little snap that goes over the back of the gun to keep the gun from falling out and it's just not not super natural to to grip the gun after you've pulled open that snap it's just it, it takes like another motion an extra motion that's going to slow you down even more um so that's i mean that's a that way's got its its pros and cons as well a lot of people who carry small revolvers like to carry in a belly band okay and then if you have a pocket pistol you can if you of course just have that sleeve basically in your uh pocket. absolutely yeah so it covers up the trigger the trigger as well um, ankle holster, that's something I've never personally done. But that may be one of the only ways to to carry if you have to like tuck in your shirt for for your job. 
Yeah. Does anybody still use the old timey like a, uh, almost like a harness type holsters that like hang from your shoulders under your like the cop movies and stuff? Yeah. Um, I've I don't know if I've ever seen anyone. I haven't either. Yeah. I just just thinking of those old. Uh, yeah, just people have the revolver. Kind of a, I don't know if it's it's kind of so some people would would wear them in the army like when they're walking around like the base and stuff, they'd keep their, their pistol in a shoulder holster just for comfort. Hmm. It's kind of weird though. Cause when you pull it out, you almost have to like flag people. Um, because it's the, the muzzle's pointing backward and then you grab it and then you're like pulling it or turning it around toward the enemy. And you're just like, you're pointing the gun at, at anyone and everyone who's in that path. Yeah. So I didn't think about that. The safest way to carry. Yeah, not ideal. Right. Um, I think, obviously, we think that having a gun is uh, vital to your prepping and your survival. Um, Do you think that you would recommend a gun over other... uh, Would you make it a priority over other prepper items like uh food storage just as, as an example or a nice backpack or a bug out bag um where do you think i know that's kind of a tough question just without having a lot of time to think about it but because uh, my so my personal opinion is i would think you should have you know three months or so at least of food storage and water storage uh would be more important than a a gun right now probably yeah, I mean, our, it kind of depends on where you live, um, what your situation is. Right now, We, even though we do have all this kind of chaotic stuff going on with riots and and coronavirus, it's still pretty safe, I think, for most people. Um, at least, you know, they're safe in their house. But you know, there's no point in really having all the other preps if you can't defend yourself if you can't defend your life yeah that's a good point so i I wouldn't necessarily prioritize one over the other but um you can slowly you know accumulate the other stuff whereas the gun is kind of like a large purchase yeah no that that makes sense it's it's kind of tough to figure out what you should do first if you're starting at ground zero um but it's just I I don't know I hear a lot of people talk about you know the the dollar could be collapsing and not trying to fearmonger make anyone scared but like you know all they talk about is buy gold or um, some people talk about buying Bitcoin or you know whatever it is but none of that is really going to be you know gold and silver which I think is smart to have uh, I just think stuff like that's last on the list you know bullets guns food storage would all be much more important in my opinion or much more of a priority. Yeah. And probably just having some cash savings would be a high priority as well. Just in case, you know, you lose your job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, if, if there's a, if there's a economic collapse of some kind, it's, I just don't think that gold and silver right away is going to be a solution. You know, if you have no, 
food two weeks after there's some kind of collapse, but you have some silver, uh, it might still be hard to get food from other people. Well, I think silver and gold are pretty pretty easy to to exchange for dollars. I mean, you can go to any pawn shop or or coin store. Um, I guess I'm thinking of a more uh, a bigger scale collapse. Oh, okay, okay. Like a full like system. people might not people might not understand the value of of gold and silver yet. Yeah, or they might just since they don't know what's going on quite yet, they don't know what they have. They're not. They might not be willing to. Uh, and I again, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm not. Uh, I I think it's unlikely that a full on uh, economic collapse or government collapse is likely. I don't think that's very likely. But um, wait, you're you're saying it's not very likely that it's likely. I definitely said that wrong. I don't think it's likely that it happens, a full, complete breakdown of the system. Okay, so the likelihood of it being likely is not very likely then. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's what I said, but uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's not what I meant. So, uh, But in that case, if something like that did happen, um, yeah, food and water and... Uh, guns and ammo are going to be much more important than gold and silver at that time. True. True. Um, yeah, I, I do think something bad is, is coming. Um, because consequences always catch up to a society and we have been able to put off the consequences for so long that I think they're, the end result is going to be, much worse than if we had dealt with things like the budget, you know, earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I would not be surprised to see hyperinflation, you know, at some point in the next decade. Um, yeah. Our society think- is kind of coming apart with, you know, people, um, I don't know, people blaming each other for, for everything that's going wrong left and right and, you know, black and white and everything. So I, yeah. I, don't know, I just, I wouldn't rule out. I think, I guess I, I'm, what I'm saying is I do think it is likely. Okay. Um, although I can't predict when I, I think we're getting closer to something bad happening in our society. Yeah. And I, I guess I should clarify what I meant. And um, cause I, I think that it's likely to happen eventually, but I, I'm still not convinced. And again, I don't know anything, so don't listen to me, but I'm not that convinced it's going to happen within the next year or two. No, I I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, you never know, but. I would say it's likely in the next 30 years for sure. And it could be wasted. I mean, it could be a month from now with it. It's more likely now than it has been at probably any point. So. And, and uh, just think about something like an outlier or a black swan, like um, something that we just don't expect happening, like, you know, an earthquake or, I mean, the coronavirus, um, any kind of disaster that could exacerbate the, the situation of the whole nation. Yeah. It could be a war. It could be, you know, there's all kinds of um, whispers and rumors, I guess, that, you know, China and India are having issues, North Korea and South Korea. There's, 
you know, you just, you never know. So that's why we prep. Yeah. But maybe next week we could kind of talk about what might happen in a, in a economic type type collapse. Cause we do, I mean, most of what we talk on here is, is fairly practical. I think uh, it's good advice, good um, realistic information, uh, but maybe it'd be fun just to go over some theories or some uh, just hypothesis of what could happen. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I think that would be helpful to people and just to think about as you're, as you're trying to gather supplies and stuff, like think about what am I gathering this stuff for, you know, why am I, why am I trying to learn these new skills and, and learn how to defend myself and um, what will it look like? You know, that'd be something good to discuss. So let's do that next week. Yeah. That's what we'll plan on. I'm excited to kind of just talk about it. And, and again, it's not to, to scare anybody and say, Oh, this is, these terrible things are going to happen, but you know, just talking about it is uh, just kind of fun sounding. Yeah, for sure. Does that make me like masochistic? Is that the right word? Um, probably not the right word. Yeah, probably. I think that, that sounds right. It's. I definitely don't want it to happen, but you know, it's it's also just kind of a it's a weird mentality to, I guess, be a prepper in the first place and. You have to, you have to believe that these things are possible. So, yeah, yeah, it's almost like an inevitability. Yeah. Well, we went uh, off a little there. Is there anything else about guns for first-time owners? Um, talk about. I don't know if you know someone who who can help you through this. You know, uh, take you shooting and stuff like that. Um, that'd be good. Just, um, be aware there's a lot of, you know, myths and, and bad habits that people have out there. So just be willing to take what you can from this person, but also, um, seek out your own training and knowledge because there's, I don't know, there's a lot of, a lot of bad information out there. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, we're, we're happy to help any way we can. If you reach out to us, um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at serve bros pod, S U R V B R O S P O D, or you can email us at survival brothers podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if you have questions about holster brands, uh, maybe you found something that you think looks good, but it's not something we've mentioned. Uh, feel free to reach out and we'll let you know if we know anything about the, that specific brand or that type of holster or that, type of ammo or, you know, whatever it is, um, we'd be happy to help you and answer your questions. Yeah. We, we didn't talk a whole lot about like inside the waistband versus outside the waistband, but you know, I could give you my, my experience with it and why I've, uh, chosen what I've chosen mainly just for comfort. I, I don't like carrying in the front, um, appendix. It's just not, not tolerable for me, but a lot of people that's they think that's the way to go so yeah and there's you know do what what makes you feel comfortable yeah all right well is there anything else you wanted to add um oh let's um tell people they if they want to ask us a question they can hit us up on social media our twitter 
account is at serve bros pod s u r i already told i already mentioned i think our handle did you and our email yeah i uh my bad sorry bro it is your bad no i'm just joking <laughs> it's uh it's all right i think um yeah we're uh i think i was looking up my liberty quote and uh yeah that's understandable for sure attention i'm sorry and I'm not editing that out so uh, yeah great (laughs) unless you really want me to but I probably won't no no that's fine I'm uh, sneak peek I need to pay more attention to what's my my surroundings and my situational awareness that's uh, no it's fine what's your uh, did you find a liberty quote when you're looking yes um Hopefully people won't take this as too political. Um, But this is from Thomas Jefferson. And he says, hold on, sorry, I lost it. Here it is. The man who reads nothing at all is better educated than the man who reads nothing but newspapers. So, good old TJ. That is a good... Good quote for the times. Man, they're always they always seem to be relevant. Yeah. It's funny how, how stuff uh you know cyclical like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks you guys for listening. Uh please subscribe to the podcast and uh let us know what you think. And hopefully we sounded a little better today. We've uh got some different recording equipment going on, so um we uh but we appreciate you sticking through us uh, while listening. If you were a longtime listener through some of the bad uh, or worse audio and, uh, but yeah, we appreciate subscribing, telling your friends and, and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Take nothing for granted.